Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming. Action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. Glassblowers, welcome to the Hot Shop. This season, my expectations are higher. We expect you to push your technical and conceptual skills to the limit. All right, blow some glass. That was an excerpt from the trailer for the hit Netflix glass-blowing reality competition, Blown Away. Did you know that a VCU student was on season three? Well, this week's show features an interview with Grace Whiteside, who is also the series' first non-binary contestant. Sifter, review of the week. Mo on Netflix. Mohamed Amr has made his reputation as a comic, but he explores his complex background in this semi-autobiographical series. His character is Palestinian and lives in the U.S. with his mother and brother, waiting for their official asylum status. The show puts him through several sketchy jobs and other misadventures as he tries to navigate the misguided stereotypes and cultural insults. Although it's billed as a comedy, this series is really more of a drama with comic elements. Amers asides, and some of the characters provide moments of levity and satire, but there are also several scenes of heartbreak that add resonance and empathy. The show may not be as successful as Rami, the series by Rami Youssef, who plays a Muslim trying to reconcile his faith with his American upbringing, but it still provides another unique perspective with interesting insights and a few laughs. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. So, Grace, my husband and I were involved in the glass department for a long time. Actually, every year, Jack Wax would recommend two graduate students. They'd come over for dinner. We'd get to know them a little bit, get to see their portfolio. And it was really great. And that was like for 14 years. But we stopped in 2019. So we never got to meet you, unfortunately. I was an undergrad there and graduated in 2017. Oh, yeah. And we only got graduates. So I guess that's why. If you come back for your MFA, maybe so. (laughs) <laughs> but you're doing too well now, so you don't need to come back to school. So how did you get into glass? How did you get in? Were you into art first and then you evolved into glass or did it start with glass? Yeah, I was pretty set on doing like fashion design and textile design. I was a double major in fashion and craft and was trying to take like a textile weaving class, but those were all full. And the only thing available at the time was glass blowing. And I remember being a bit reluctant to take the class, but it ended up being the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> Changed your life. Well, now let me ask you a little side. You said into fashion, the clothes on Blown Away, and of course we're going to get to talk about that in a little bit, were the ones that you wore in the show, were those your designs or were they just some wild New York designs? It's sort of like an assortment of thrifted clothing to, I did wear some of my friends' designs. That was also one of my ideas of like when I was curating my looks to show other artists work and support. Lots of color. I love that because, you know, New Yorkers are so much about wearing black. Yeah. (laughs) So it was great to see all that color. So you were born in Savannah, which of course is the home to SCAD, the Savannah School of Art and Design. Why did you come to VCU instead? Do you want to get away from home? (laughs) Well, you know, actually I grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. So I was... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I only lived in Savannah for like the first six months or so of my life. And then uh, I grew up in the mountains and the Appalachian Mountains in Virginia. So I ended up getting a full ride to VCU, which was then sort of like a no-brainer. And it was a really good art school as well. So... You know, three hours away from home is like just enough to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. have some separation, but also to sort of avoid having debt, which was a blessing. 
I'm sure your parents loved it because you couldn't just drop home every weekend to do laundry. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's interesting. I know from knowing Jack for many years um, that one of the things that's unique about his program is that he doesn't just train glass artists. It's more about concept and conceptual art because a number of the artists we've met through the years and some of the work we've seen, it's like, where's the glass in this piece? You know, sometimes it's paper or it's something conceptual. And I know some of your work is that way. And obviously on the show, I'm blown away. You have to actually create glass. But how did that idea of being more conceptual as opposed to just literally blowing glass come about? Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with that program, like Jack and, and Booyan Yoon, who was actually my first instructor. You know, they showed me the material in this very nuanced way like we didn't start by learning how to make a vessel or learning how to make something functional we started by like pouring glass onto paper and like creating like explosions and it was a really wonderful way to encounter glass for the first time I think I've always been a, a pretty conceptual artist and it just so happened that at the same time I was learning glass for the first time I also was in a performance art class and it was sort of this the first performance class that they ran and so I started to incorporate the two because I found glass to be very performative they just sort of started to go like hand in hand and then like as my practice developed um, I just sort of kept with that trajectory. In a nutshell kind of how was your experience at VCU to prepare you for where you are now as an artist? It was a really formative four years. I really like maximized, I think, my use of the institution in a way where I then had the freedom in the studio space to really explore and like make whatever I had in my mind. And, and I think I got, I got something really important from both departments. It's hard to be able to get like a solid foundation technically wise, as far as like blowing glass and to be able to have like three solid years of learning the material really set me right when I was trying to, you know, get into the field professionally. Speaking of VCU, surprise guest drop in. Oh, hello, Jack. Good morning. Oh, hi, Gracie. <laughs> what a surprise. Footnote. Jack Wax is a noted glass artist, professor, and head of glass studies at VCU. So, Jack, ironically, we were just talking about VCU and how much Gracie learned. So, what do you remember about Grace when you first met? When first coming into the glass department, what do you remember about little innocent Grace Whiteside? <laughs> Gracie never came in as innocent. <laughs> Gracie came in as fearless, but in a kind of really, like, empathetic way. If there can be self-confidence that's empathetic, that's sort of what Gracie was. And also, you can't forget um, super positive sense of humor, which serves us all well, I think. So what do you remember about Grace as a student? Again, you know, I mean, I have to couch it in who Grace is, which again, I'm going to go back to this sort of, I don't want to say quiet, because it's not always quiet, quiet confidence. Confidence is something that always needs to be in reserve as, a, as an artist and as a maker. And Grace just came to the table with that. I mean, I'm going to say uh, mature beyond her years. And have you followed Grace's career since leaving VCU? You know, so yeah, I've always been following what Grace has been doing. And did you watch the show? I did. I watched it spe <laughs> specifically because Grace was on it. I can hear that contempt in your voice for glass, for pretty glass and glass no, art. No, as glass opposed... art. no, no. See, Gracie doesn't make glass art. Gracie doesn't make animals. I mean, the performative aspect of it and the, and the collaborative aspect of it, I think, is something that really engages Grace. I mean, she could talk to that herself, but... 
I do think that that's part of the attraction is that it's not, it's not a singular activity. It's almost, well, I mean, it's the same thing when you're doing a performance with a number of people involved in the performance. There's choreography and there's timing. And I think that's part of the real attraction for Grayson. So Grace, do you have anything to say to Jack officially online here while we're on the... (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, it's going to be recorded for posterior. I mean, posterity. (laughs) Posterity. Well, maybe posterior. And it's also going to be on the radio. So keep it cleanish. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) I'm very flattered to hear these words from Jack. And, you know, I feel like we've had special moments in school, not just in like a professor-student relationship, but just as like two humans like going through the world and experiencing life and what was going on around us. And I think that was for me to like, you know, be in college and these like extremely formative years and to be able to like have like real honest, like conversations and explorations about the world and as humans during that time with, you know, somebody that was also teaching me what a cane roll up was. <laughs> right, <laughs> Not right. that I ever did cane. No, 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 there's, no reason, there's no reason to, but you know, that's the best thing about a relationship between in, in a academic situation is when you, for me, when you step out of the professor student relationship and you just have a human relationship and you just yeah. say, you know, we're all lost let's go through this together, you know? <laughs> right, right. Well, Jack, thank you so much for dropping in. All right. Have a great conversation and take care, Gracie. Uh, hope to, bye, Jack. Hope, hope to see you soon when you come through and with Jojo. All right. Yeah, of course. Always All right. Let you know. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Ciao. Love you. Bye. Now, you know, I just noticed something uh, talking about living in Brooklyn and, and being so hip. You've got a mullet. I know mullets are coming uh, back again. Is that, are you being hip again or why do you have a mullet? Um, I mean, you know, it keeps your hair out of the way when you're dealing with hot glass. I know that it is. Yeah. Part of it is like practical, but you know, it's also an expression of my identity. I'm, you know, queer non-binary person. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that equals mullet, but it is, I don't know, just a style that feels like a part of my identity and, and it works. I'll just say that. (laughs) Speaking of the the non-binary thing, let me just read you this quote. Whiteside's work derives from their guttural disapproval of binary structures that exist within most entertainment and advertisement industries. What came first is your identity as non-binary. Was it just disapproval and the art thing kind of made that happen or was it your own identity? Well, you know, I never felt like I properly fit into a category, like a category. And and especially when I was a young kid to young adult, you're kind of always sort of ushered into like these gender categories, even just like walking into a store and there's like an entire women's section, entire men's section. And like, you know, all this stuff that didn't make any sense to me ever. And there's no representation of like non-binary folks or a lot of like trans men or, you know, folks that I would now like identify with. So I didn't have the language for it. I just had this like what I think I said in that statement, like this guttural disapproval of like why we have to be like pushed into these categories. So, and then I met glass and glass was this wild material that like didn't really adhere to neither a solid nor a liquid. And I think that was part of my like deep appreciation for this material is to be able to relate to it. 
Oh, oh wow, that's interesting. Now let's pivot over to Blown Away because that's the the big reason you're here. So, were you a fan of the show before? Unlike Jack, were you a fan of the show <laughs> for the first two seasons? I I mean, I always watched the show. Of course, we did too. We loved it. I'm a fan of a lot of the folks that have been on the show, but I also have a particular taste in like glass art quote. I think the material lends itself to do a lot of amazing things, and so I have. I don't know. I have have like particular critiques of like what a glass object could look like and do and, and exist in the, in space. Well, so uh, how did you get selected for season three? Did you apply? Did they come find you or how does that whole process work? They reached out to me um, via email. And do you know how they found you? I'm pretty sure Deborah dropped them a pen. Deborah. Deborah Tresco, who's a, a good friend of mine and won. Um, First season season right right well, I believe they asked her for references of anyone that would want to be on the show or would be good and they sent them my information and and they reached out that way and then I did the full application and several interviews later and then finally got like a, a confirmation phone call in the middle of a work day <laughs> without giving anything away we don't want people to know how far you went in the competition what was the experience like in general it was wild it was the craziest thing i've ever done <laughs> it sounds intense and they talk about that so what is the actual schedule i mean i know that you have they give you like between four and six hours to make something but then yeah. of course you come back all of a sudden it's the next day and everything's sitting there it's, it's been annealed the presentation is set up and everything so obviously it doesn't just happen the next morning and you're all in different outfits so tell me what that actual process of production is like on one challenge it's pretty furious you know we get the challenge we blow glass the next day we have like interviews we set the piece up and then you know somebody goes home and then it's a two-day 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 kind of thing pretty much yeah two to three days of back to back to back work and they really do the time that we have to blow glass is very true well now that, and i always maybe wonder okay you got six hours on the challenge do they say okay halfway through everybody has to stop and take a 15 minute lunch break or do you get to take bathroom breaks or how does that work so that everybody's not you know if you if you got to leave to go to the bathroom does everybody get equal breaks or how does that whole process work no it's you get that time and if you blow glass straight that entire time you can if you need to go take a few breaks which it was a very hot studio so we often did have to take breaks but what time of year was it it was in october oh wow and this is where uh in canada oh i didn't know it was in canada oh so it should have been coolish oh it was cool outside but that hot shop was not cool <laughs> and is that building a, a giant hot shop all the time or is it it's for this show Oh, it is. They just built that whole giant space. Oh, well, it was, it was it's an old warehouse. It looks like an old warehouse or something. I'm not exactly sure what it was beforehand, but yeah. How has that experience affected your career at this point? Do you get recognized more? Do you get calls saying, hey, I want you to do work? Yeah, I mean, so it just, it just sort of came out about a month ago, I guess. And it was very popular. It was in the top 10 for a number of weeks. Yeah, it did really well. I mean, my like Instagram following has like quadrupled and, you know, I have been recognized a few times on the street, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've noticed like a, a bit more influx in like order because I've already had like a production line kind of set up. And so, you know, there's been some orders, which has been really nice to have like some financial support there. And it has been like a really good boost. And honestly, like one of the biggest things has been folks reaching out on Instagram and thanking me for like 
trans queer representation on the show. You know, as I was talking, saying earlier, like that's something I never had. I never grew up watching somebody that looked like me on TV or on a show like this. So or even or even doing glass, because, you know, it's interesting, because like I mentioned earlier, we've had all these people over for dinner and I don't think we had anybody who was well that we were aware of that was not, you know, just cisgender straight. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of weird because, you know, as, as involved that we've been in the glass world, there's not a whole lot of queers in the glass world. I mean, yeah. there are a few, obviously, but it is a pretty straight world, isn't it? Yeah, I think historically it has been, and but I do think it is changing. But you're and... changing all that, aren't you, Grace? <laughs> <laughs> well, and other, you know, other folks, too, it's like there are, you know, really strong, amazing artists that are in this community and have been in this community for a while that you know, identify as so. But also I have to say there's like a younger group coming up. I was in Tacoma performing for the International Glass Conference this past May. And there was like a lot of young, queer, possibly trans folks there. And that was like really beautiful to see that I think the culture is changing a little bit in that direction, which is great. What's your trajectory now? What are you going to be doing? You're going to keep doing the same thing. You got some big new plans. What's going to go on in your career now? I have a very interdisciplinary practice. I have production line and my performance practice and sort of the goal for me is for like a merge to happen between the two and which is getting there. But yeah, I've got some really exciting collaborations coming out with some other designers and design lines um, for sticky glass. Um, and that'll be coming out in the next month or so. And then I'll be emceeing and performing at Urban Glass's um, annual gala or gala um, in October. We'll call it gala. It's a gala. Uh, because you're going to be there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be doing um, some residencies next year. I'm actually going to be teaching a performance class at Pilchuck next May. Wow. Um, which will be really exciting. And I'm starting a new performance piece. I'm very busy always. <laughs> That's yeah. great. But the important thing is, are you making a living at it? I'm fully supported by myself. Yes. Good. And I have been for a few years now, um, but... Yeah, having a little bit more support in my like performance practice has been like a really key, amazing thing because, you know, I think as artists, we work for ourselves for free for probably most of our life. Um, right, right. And to find support in that field is really important. So uh, give me a little bit of rundown. You got the home shaver, Stacy's store, the home dinner. What's the concept basically behind these? I don't want to get too deep into it because we don't have that much time. But what's that basic idea of these performance art pieces? The beginning of like my character development was sort of in response to my dad was also on a reality television show. Oh, really? Which one? Um, it was called Salvage Dogs. And it was about his architectural salvage business. Um, Is that real enough? In Roanoke, Virginia. Oh. Yeah. Um, the business called Black Dog Salvage. And so him and my brother were on the show for, and the show lasted about 11 seasons or so. Wow. So they're more famous than you are. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a really interesting thing to like kind of happen to your family. And so the character in the beginning was sort of based off of familial reality television spotlight. And then also, you know, my mother's like interior design clients and sort of clientele in the design world and sort of like, like femme fatale, like, 
you know, a housewife gone array or, you know, discover, like really thinking about like beginning like feminist thoughts for me and like roles of women in history and in the home and outside of the home, you know, moving forward as an artist and as a human. And then I had, a, when I moved to New York and I had an opportunity to, to do this window gallery show in at Urban Glass, I turned it into this department store that was that evaded the binary and so that was sort of what we were talking about earlier of I picked like three products to be in the store and you know there was like a clothing line there was um a homeware line and then there was this like beauty product shaving razor and so all very specific product categories that typically are gendered and are sold in this like gendered way so every product that I made either like failed in its ability to function or completely obscured like who the target market was for. So, and then at the end, I like destroyed the store and I kind of killed the character off Stacy. And that was like, kind of like the end of an era of like my, that performance work. Well now, uh, your brother and your dad both being on that reality show, do they give you any advice on how to deal with being on a reality competition? You know, yes and no, but like they never were on a competition show. I think it's a very different, it's a very different kind of show. Um, I actually like having Deborah as a close friend was like pretty useful for that kind of preparation because she was like on the same exact show. Yeah. I mean, but I, I feel like having experience, like being with the film crew and like being mic'd up and understanding like how they like ask you interview questions and things like that was like understanding that process was really useful for sure. One thing you didn't mention is Catherine's visits. I noticed that, you know, you're all madly feverishly working and I'm guessing she comes over to every single artist and has a little conversation. You have to do it. Was it welcome or you're like, leave me alone. I'm too busy to deal with this pleasantries right now. Um, I mean, sometimes. I mean, it's not like Tim Gunn where he actually gives advice. She didn't really ever give advice. She just kind of checked in, right? You know, she was allowed to like give support, which she did, but they they try to keep it as fair as possible. So if she were to give someone advice, then it may be unfair. But yeah, I mean, there were times where it was like really fun to have somebody around to like chat about what I was making. If things were going really well, if things were not going really well, then (laughs) leave um, me alone, go away. Tough to like have to multitask in those moments for sure. And when they're actually having that deliberation, which of course I'm sure goes on longer than we see on the show, y'all are literally standing over there. You can't hear them, I'm assuming, but you're watching them sitting over there determine your fate. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's all pretty live. So there's some stress that's very practical. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody seemed to be good buddies. I mean, do y'all, did y'all get to hang out? Obviously you got to hang out, but do y'all, do they put you all in the same house or something so you can kind of interact as friends between uh, the challenges or do you pretty much stay in your own hotel rooms? Uh, We all have our own hotel rooms, but we did hang out. We were a pretty close group of people and, you know, now are friends for life. So whenever we, whenever somebody went home, we would go out to dinner with that person and, you know, sort of like be a it was a good support group for sure. Great. great. It's a very unique group because there's some very different levels of experience this year than I think in the first two seasons. First two seasons, everybody was pretty much an experienced glassmaker. And then this season, there was like somebody who was just a technician and there were some others. So I thought that was kind of interesting if they're expanding the palette a little bit. 
Yeah, in season two, like everyone's skills were like very, very top notch. So sure. it's got to be intimidating. You know, it was at first. And then once you get your sort of ground, your like my bearings there, I felt pretty good about where I was in the competition. I, it was kind of one of these moments where like I knew who some people were and nobody knew who I was. Ah, right. So that was sort of like a blessing and a curse kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The only other reality shows we watch are RuPaul's Drag Race and Project Runway. So you can tell we're gay. But um, <laughs> both of those shows, you know, they have the drama. You have to get in the personal dramas of people. And Blown Away is only 30 minutes. So you don't have, you get a little mention of it, but you don't have all that extra drama. It's just the process, which is what we enjoy about it. Totally. Yeah. I think it it is unusual for like a reality television show to really be like solely focused on the process and glass blowing itself is the drama so that you're right um, good point <laughs> when it crashes and breaks it's like yeah oh, yeah yeah so one question i always like to ask everybody and you may be too busy but when you get a chance to not blow what are you watching on streaming or tv or movies oh man i don't know right now i'm i just started the rehearsal how far have you gotten the first episode was pretty mind-blowing wasn't it yeah, it's so good. I mean, I think he's just a, a genius and like there's some total absurdity, like the way that he is able to work and talk with people and get people to sort of like bring out these like absurd truths of their life and, and, and overall humanity is like pretty amazing. And yeah, yeah. And I have like a survivor fetish. So <laughs> oh, more reality. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Other than that, I mostly just try to like hang out with my dog and go see people and just try to have some downtime. The Brooklyn life. Grace or Gracie? Jack called you Gracie, but Grace is what's your official name. Which one do you go by? Oh, either one. You know, I actually, it seems like sometimes when folks have known me for a while, like Gracie comes out and I am, I'm happy with either. Grace or Gracie, it's been great <laughs> to get a chance to meet you at last and to put your work with a personality. And I enjoyed the show very much. And I look forward to seeing what happens next in your career. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. That was Grace Whiteside who was a contestant on the third season of Blown Away, Netflix's hit glass blowing competition. I'll have a link to the series and Grace's work on the webpage for this show at tvjerry.com. Coming soon. In theaters. Gigi and Nate. After an accident leaves a young man a quadriplegic, he befriends a monkey. Burial. A band of Russian soldiers is charged with carrying Hitler's body back to their homeland. One way. Colson Baker, a.k.a. Machine Gun Kelly, plays a petty criminal on the run with a bag of coke and cash and a bullet wound in his stomach. The Good Boss stars Javier Bardem as the owner of a Spanish company that he wants to win an award for excellence. Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, also on Peacock, Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall star in this comedy about a church evangelist trying to recover from a scandal. TV and streaming. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, is Amazon Prime Video's gamble on the popular franchise that's budgeted at more than a billion dollars. Andor on Disney, a prequel to the Star Wars movie Rogue One starring Diego Luna. Stargirl on The CW is based on the DC comic about a teenager who joins the Justice Society of America. Kevin can f*** himself on AMC. Annie Murphy returns as the patient wife in this sitcom satire. Next week, we'll meet a Richmond actor who has a part in the new Freebie series, Sprung. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. 
For more sister, including literally thousands, thousands of reviews, reviews visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.